Hey, this is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at the Eagle Community Church of Christ in Mont Bellevue, Texas. I just want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. We're excited that you'd be interested in it. And also want to invite you anytime you can to come see us. Come see us in person right here in Mont Bellevue. You can check us out, eaglechurchofchrist.com. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. This is not just an intro, but, well, the whole sermon. Today, uh, we had a Vision Sunday where Jordan and I both preached. Jordan is our youth minister, and we, we had a, a computer, our, our streaming computer. We have two PCs that we run. Our streaming computer completely just failed on us, so we didn't have a recording, nothing. And so, even though we did it two services. So today, uh, and instead of letting it be lost to history, I wanted to go ahead and just go ahead and preach the sermon one more time. That way we've got it. Those people who weren't able to be here today could, could catch up on it. And uh, right now when it's fresh on my mind, I can, I can cover it again. So what I want to do is really just kind of cast a vision. I have been at this church since May. And I'm relatively new. Uh, Jordan is the same. Things have been weird because of COVID. And we just kind of wanted to let our church here know who we are, what we're about, kind of our philosophy, so to speak, what, what kind of drives us in ministry, what we look for uh, in our church, what we hope our church becomes even more, you know, all of those ideas. And so today to start us out, I'm going to read from Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Now, that's an important thing for me because I always, just personally, I always want to be the kind of guy, the kind of minister, the kind of Christian who is always looking for wisdom from God. I don't want to ever come into a situation thinking I've got all the answers and, you know, just what John thinks is always right. But I always want to come, as we often pray, open hearts, open mind. You know, God, what is it that you would have me learn today? We've all gone to Scripture before and seen something new. It's, it just always happens. And so what do we do with that? What happens when it, it may challenge something we've thought previously? Man, that can be tough. But I always want to be someone who heeds those instructions from God because we do lift up Scripture. We do uh, think highly about the words of God. So I want that to be central in my life and in my church's life. Another Scripture that's very important to me, um, my, my ex-preacher, uh, <laughs> I say ex-preacher, Earlier today, I said my old minister, and I said, I didn't mean to say old, but, you know, ex, previous minister. There we go. He would always come to 2 Timothy, to Paul's charge to Timothy. So the background of this is Paul kind of understands that his life is not going to go on a whole lot longer. At this point in his life, he, he doesn't think, hey, I'm going to be delivered and I'm going to live a long life. He, he pretty well knows, well, my life is coming to an end. And so it's very important for him to get this message to Timothy about who Timothy, uh, you know, and Timothy's a minister, Timothy's an evangelist, he's a preacher, who Timothy is supposed to be as those things. And so I, I start today in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 14. It says this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it 
and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, the interesting thing and the thing I, I asked the church earlier today, when, when Paul is sitting here talking about the holy scriptures, what is he talking about? Old Testament. And for us as a church, often we, we just hang out in the New Testament. And there's, hey, we love the New Testament. I love the New Testament. That's fantastic. But really to understand the New Testament, you have to understand the scriptures from the Old Testament that Paul's saying, even those are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So I'm of the opinion we ought to preach the whole Bible. We ought to reach back into the Old Testament and, and, and learn it better. Our church is in a, in a process right now. We're trying to find uh, more space for classes. We don't actually have a, an adult Bible class right now. We're, we're looking for that. And so as we open up those things again, I want us to get into that. I want us to have times where we're focusing on the Old Testament. What, what is it saying? What is it pointing toward when Paul says something like this? The Old Testament pointing forward to Jesus. So we need to understand that. We need to open up and not be afraid of the whole word of God. And that's, hope, that's uh, who I hope we are as a church. To continue on, verse 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in, that, in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, again, I think Paul is just all Scripture. They didn't have the New Testament with them. So the whole of Scripture is at our disposal. And today, more than ever, is it right in our hands, right in our pockets, right on our phones? You don't necessarily have to say, open your Bibles anymore. You can say, turn on your Bibles. But all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching and all of these things. He says, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This idea that the person of God, the, the, the preacher, the minister, the evangelist, the person claiming Christ should be in the Word of God. And we should come to that wanting to learn more to uh, make that relationship better between us and God. And that because of that, we are equipped for every good work. And I think that's very helpful when we understand that from God. It says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, this is chapter 4. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. This is where I hear my old preacher, John Cannon. He says, preach the word. We can just hang out right there for a minute. Preach the word. Just, just preach the word. He says, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So I want to be a person who preaches the word, that I don't want to be afraid of anything in Scripture. I don't want to be afraid just because even maybe something's a sensitive topic. I think I think as, as Bible believers, as, as God followers, that we should be people who want to dig into his word. That doesn't mean it's always comfortable. That doesn't even mean we always come to the same conclusion, but we should be desiring to talk about it, to come in and 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 weigh you know, what we see in Scripture. But we do want to preach the Word. Sometimes we kind of hang out in the whole correct and rebuke part. But notice he always he also says, 
encourage, but do so with great patience and careful instruction. I don't know that we we follow that a lot. Now, the wheels of church turn very slowly. So if you've been in church very long, maybe maybe you want things to go faster. I'm sure it is in your life. I, I do that all the time. Man, I can't wait till this happens. Well, it's the same thing with church. The problem is in, in church, when, when you have to study and you have to understand more and scripture's calling you to patience and careful instruction, it's because when we, when we think of something in scripture that is so powerful to us, that is so deep, it is hard to, to change anything because that thing we're changing may mean that mama was wrong when she taught it that way. It could mean that grandma was wrong when she taught it that way. And that's difficult. Even if it's just me, it's kind of difficult to, oh man, I was wrong. Now I got to kind of teach this a different way. And, and it's kind of funny because we as church members, a lot of times we'll, we'll say, and it's always of, of, I'm doing air quotes right now, the people out there, those people, I just can't believe they won't change their mind. You know, I'm giving them the truth. They see the truth, the whole, I'm showing them scripture and they won't change their mind. And often, often that's being said by someone who you couldn't change their mind on anything related to scripture. It's one of those things where we just, we don't even hear ourselves talk. <laughs> you know, we, we don't even see ourselves in the mirror clearly enough to know, well, I'm talking about myself too. Because I won't change because it means so much and it's painful a lot of times. So when we come to scripture, sometimes God's calling us to something else that maybe we didn't understand as well. And so I want to be a, a church who, when, when Paul tells Timothy, preach the word, that we're not afraid of the word. That we're there accepting and understanding and wanting to, to grow in knowledge. Sometimes that's going to confirm exactly what we've always thought. Sometimes it may, may make us change. And that can be difficult. Paul goes on, he says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Surely not, right? The word there, sound doctrine, actually could just be translated healthy teaching, if that's more helpful for you in, in the way we use English now. Uh, think of it that way. It's the same, same thing. There's, there's a time coming when people will not put up with healthy teaching. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Surely not church folks, right? It says, it says they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Isn't that amazing? Well, we already do this in other parts of our lives. Just think for a second about the news channel you watch. And I don't even have to ask because I already know. We all have the news channel, if you watch news at all, that I'm going to listen to, that I'm going to get my information from, and I'm going to cast skepticism and doubt, and I don't want to talk about that other news channel, whichever one it is for you. So we're doing this. We're doing this exact thing in Scripture is I, am, I only want to get my information. I only want to hear from this station because... They're already saying what I think. And so I, I just want somebody to agree with me. And, and we know as we watch it unfold around us that that just kind of entrenches us in our position. Because now somebody on TV is saying what I already think or I already believe or I already hope to be true. And so if I just give this as a warning, 
if we are okay with doing this out in the rest of our lives, if we're okay doing this with politics or whatever, where we never consider another opinion, we don't want to hear it, just give me what I already believe and already know, we are opening the door very widely for us to do this in church. Don't challenge me. Don't give me something I don't already agree with. Just, preacher, just give me stuff I'm comfortable with, and let's go from there. And that's very dangerous. Do you really want your preacher to preach like that? What if your preacher understands something a little better or and that it might mean you have to change your mind? You wouldn't want him to teach you better? That can happen all the time. It can happen to me. But I have a desire to continue learning, to continue understanding, to pray that prayer. God, would you reveal something to me? Let me know what I need to know today. He says this, but you keep your head in all situations. Keep your head in all situations. Some of you need that right now. Keep your head in all situations. Let's say it that way. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. And he says this, man, I I love this part. Verse six, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And I love that. Now, there's this idea that, that Timothy has this gift. He has been given the spirit of God. He said, just fan it into flame. We talk about it often or have at church. It's not that uh, we've got to work ourselves into salvation. You know, God does all of that. He gives us this grace freely, but we do have to participate. We can't just sit there like a a knot on the log saying, okay, we've got to do this, fan into flame this gift of God that you've been given. But it says for the gift of uh, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power. And sometimes we kind of puff out our chest with that idea. It says it gives us power, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I think of it this way. This is the Spirit of God allows us to be the kind of people we want to be. To to be that loving person, to have self-discipline, to be faced with some challenges, to be faced with some sin or difficult circumstances where we can get through those things because the gift of God's Spirit that he gave us. And so this is, this is very important in my life that the Spirit of God wants to work in all of us. Are we participating? Because it takes all of us. It really does. From adults to teens to children to down to our nursery, it takes an entire church. Now today, Jordan got to talk for uh, a few minutes about the teen ministry, about youth ministry, and he's done a great job, has an entire calendar set up. And Jordan talked about what is really kind of on his heart right now is just the idea that, that kids today, you know, you were a kid once too. Everywhere, is, you know, everywhere you turn is another authority figure, another person telling you what to do. And so a, a difficult transition, a difficult thing in life is making religion, making, making faith your own, not just your parents. And so... As you're, as you're trying to figure that out, uh, along with everything else that comes with being a teenager, it can be difficult. What do I do? You know, when people are telling me to go this way, man, it looks good. 
Why should I not go that way? And so Jordan's scripture that he was thinking of today that um, is from Daniel. And the story of Daniel, uh, you probably know, so I won't rehash it. But Daniel starts out in uh, just a good place within the king's court because of the things he did. Eventually, the, the king changed, and that all changed. And one day, uh, some guys went to, went to the king and said, Hey, you know what you need to do? You need to make a decree so that everyone has to pray to you. Well, and he agrees. The problem is, Daniel is this very faithful guy who is always praying to God every day. And so in Daniel 6, verse 10, it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. Even when the world was changing around him, Daniel stayed on the path. King's decree wasn't enough for Daniel to say, you know what, forget my faith. Because Daniel, for Daniel, faith is what defined him. That wasn't going to change because of a law or anything else. I think too many times we get hung up with what the law is or isn't when we should be focused on our relationship with God and what he wants of us. Whether or not something's a law or not doesn't matter. What matters is our, our walk, our relationship with God. Jordan had a quote on, um, that he wanted me to put on the slide today. It just says, change the world, don't change for it. And that's a good thing to remember for adults and teens alike, that there's something greater than just the flash in the pan, the change that's happening right now, the thing going on right now. There's something to be said about just allowing yourself to be content in your faith and following God everywhere you go. It's a very powerful statement that you change the world, but you don't change for it. It's very important to us that as we say something like that, we're able to kind of discern what that means. That we don't just throw out a, a, a key verse or a key phrase and just make it mean whatever to us. We want to be faithful to Scripture and the whole of Scripture and understand it as God's Word. From Acts 17 it says this, Acts 17, verse 10, Luke uh, tells us this. Uh, Luke wrote uh, both the Gospel of Luke and Acts. He says, As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the Scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Now, Luke is telling you, I hope you catch, catch this here. It is more noble that a people hear something like this. They hear something different from the Apostle Paul than maybe what they've thought before. And it wasn't like they said, hey, he's the Apostle Paul, a good-looking guy. <laughs> we know from Scripture some people didn't think that. But here's this guy. He's a good speaker or whatever. We just accept it and go on with it. He doesn't say that they were more noble because they accepted everything Paul said immediately. No. He says, they listened to Paul very intently, it sounds like, and they went to the scriptures, the Old Testament, to see, is this guy, is he full of it? Or is he actually from God? Is this teaching actually from God? He says, they were more noble, and guess what happened because of this? 
As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. So I have no desire to teach anything other than the truth every time I stand in front of my church every week. But I want my church to hear me and to study what I have said. I want our church to be a church that says, I love John. I've been around him. You know, he's a great guy. Katie's a whole lot better. Not sure how that worked out, how he got her. And that's fine. But even though I love John, I want to study. I want to understand it. Just like those teenagers, I want to make my faith my own. I don't want my faith to be tied up with John. I want my faith to be my faith, to understand scripture as God has given it to us. And so when I stand and I speak to my church, I want my church to be following along in scripture, making notes, trying to, trying to say, okay, maybe I don't understand this. I want to understand it deeper and I'm going to go study a little more. Or maybe I'm going to take John out to lunch this week and talk a little bit more about it. We can have those discussions because we love each other. We've, we've all been given that gift of God's spirit. And so it doesn't have to be, our, our world just seems like everything's a conflict if we, if we disagree or Maybe we need more information. It's like, well, I don't want to challenge that. I don't want to, you know, have this confrontation. Well, it doesn't have to be that. And I promise it won't be. And we can sit down and we can study scripture more. And that when we're wrong, whether that's me or someone else, we're able to change that we have hearts that are, again, open, soft, ready to change to, to better understand God's word. And that's what happened here. The Bereans studied and they were noble for it. But look at what happened after this. Verse 13, it says, But when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. So in Thessalonica, they heard Paul and they rejected Paul because Paul didn't fit what they already thought. Notice you don't see anything about study. Oh, well, they went to the Word, and they didn't, they didn't think it was there. So, you know, they're angry. They didn't even put in the work. Or like the church member who hears something and just gets angry, and, you know, we got to stir this up. All of their effort didn't go into Bible study. It went into stirring up people, getting division, going to calling people around, I think is what we would do today. I want, to get, I want to make this thing explode because I'm upset. Can you imagine the gift that the Thessalonican church, the church in Thessalonica, gave up just because they didn't accept the Apostle Paul? They ran him out of town, even chased him to another place because that's where they wanted to put all their effort. They didn't agree, so, well, I'll stir up division said the believers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instruction for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. So not only did they mess up their own situation, they messed up the situation in Berea. Thankfully, a lot of those Bereans, uh, many who heard, and even as it said there in the text, uh, some Greek men and women as well heard and believed after studying, but not only did the church in Thessalonica or the, the Jews in Thessalonica have a problem with Paul, they messed it up for themselves, and they even caused enough stink, enough mess, 
to go mess it up for someone else. Surely we wouldn't do that in the church, would we? Surely we don't have people that would want to divide others and and cause a, a ruckus because, well, that's not the way I would do it, or that's not what I believe. Instead of sitting down and having healthy conversations about what Scripture is and Maybe maybe I don't understand it the way I should. Maybe I haven't done the study I should. Or, or I've, I've only learned one way, and I'm not really into challenging that. We can get into all of these things, and they're all very difficult for us because of how important our relationship with God is, I hope. I hope it doesn't come from somewhere else. But again, I, I want to end with this, 2 Timothy 1, one more time. For the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. That's the spirit God gave each and every one of us, that we're able to walk out, that we're able to face the things that we face in life with, with God by our side, not only by our side, living within us and dwelling us, as it says there in Acts 2. We don't have to be timid, that we do have that power, and we have that love because of him, and we we're able to, to have that self-discipline as we go. So my vision for the church is this, is that we come together each week ready to learn more, ready to hear more from God, ready to just, hey, God, would you change me? Would you convict me of the things that maybe I need to change? Maybe I need to hear something differently. Maybe it's not all about me. Maybe I need to hear something so I can teach someone that I love, someone in my family someone I'm going to come into contact with regularly, that maybe maybe we don't need to be so focused on, well, just me, me, me. But maybe God wants to say something to you through his word that helps you understand something a little better so that you grow closer to him. I hope that I'm always a person who wants to do that. That's, a, that's an effort I think you have to put in. And I hope we have a church that desires God. And as I preach this summer about becoming stronger, stronger in all of these things, that we desire the sanctification, this growing closer to God every day of our lives. And when we do that, God can do some amazing things in our community. I can only imagine what God has in store for this this community that's going to explode in growth. You've probably seen online, there are 3,500 to 4,000 new homes Uh, getting ready to be built right here in our town. This church could grow. What are people going to find when they come here? I hope it's a loving group of people intently studying the Bible, being noble people, checking to see if this is true, making it a faith their own, and being led by God's Spirit, which empowers us all to love and self-discipline. Thank you again for listening to our podcast, our teaching from our church. If we can ever do anything, please reach out. Again, you can see a lot of information at eaglechurchofchrist.com. Come and see us anytime you can. Uh, We're right here in Mont Bellevue. Uh, We love you. We'd love to pray with you. If you want to reach out, let us know. We'll see you again soon.